We are three best friends living on three corners of the country. Wifing, momming, boss babing, and honestly, just trying to keep our shit together. Anyway, I'm Allie. I'm Alicia. I'm Elisa, and this is A3 Life. Our fun, funny, and informative lifestyle podcast, where we will be speaking on how to be fearless, authentic, and relentless in all areas of life. Enjoy the show. All right, guys, I'm so excited for this week's episode. Um, We have my friend Sherman Merricks on. He is, I met him because he owns the gym that I go to, my CrossFit gym. Um, He and his wife, and I fell in love with the community. I'm a CrossFit junkie now, so I absolutely fell in love with that. Um, So he's a founder, founder of Dynasty CrossFit in Gainesville, and he has a passion for helping others by improving their fitness. He's found that when you can accomplish these things in the gym, you previously thought impossible, it kind of leaks into the rest of your life. He's also the founder of Lasso's, a sales and marketing firm that helps businesses speak to their customers using sales and marketing to take business to the next level. So he's been hugely successful in his uh, CrossFit career. We're going to talk a little bit about that, a little bit about that history. And then he's, you know, just kind of really dived into the business side of things as well. And he also has a passion for finances and he loves to help people not just make money, but create generational wealth. So I'm super excited to have Sherman on today. Like I mentioned, I've been wanting to get him on for a while because I feel like he has so much to bring to the table um, and so many different aspects that we cover at A3 Life and that we think are you know important and we're passionate about. So I asked Sherman to be on. So I'm going to start with Sherman. Share a little bit about your story. How? Let's talk a little bit about the, the gym world and the fitness world because that's super important to us and you know how you know, I'm, I'm a junkie now, thanks to Sherman. And um, then we'll kind of get into the businesses and finances. So I'm going to let you take it over and, and share your story. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I'm excited to be on here and chat with you guys. Um, A3, I'll just leave it at that, A3. Um, and so my wife and I, we started this gym about nine years ago now. Uh, prior to that, I really didn't have a lot of experience as far as entrepreneurship. But two of my best friends, they were entrepreneurs. Now, back then I was what? I was 24, 25 years old. These guys are, these guys were 15, 20 years older than me. So they were just like pumping my head up saying, yes, you can do it. Open this business. So I'm like, yeah, my buddies tell me, just like jump in. So I quit my job. <laughs> I quit my job while my wife was pregnant with our second kid. She was on maternity leave. That's when I told her, hey, I'm quitting my job. She's like, what do you mean you quit your job? I'm going on maternity leave. I was like, I know we're, we're going to go all in, right? We're going to go all in and do it. And we started this about nine years ago in our garage. And a lot of people say, why did you choose a CrossFit gym? Um, if I'm being honest, the barrier to entry was so low. Um, I basically had to pay a few thousand dollars for the name. And I ran it out of my garage, right? I had some equipment. And that's that's really why I sort of chose CrossFit because I love fitness. I played basketball growing up in college, all of that. So I wanted to um, do something that kept me active because before that, now I had only been in the workforce for a couple years, but I was miserable sitting in the office. Um, I felt like I had so much to offer and it was being underutilized. So every day going to work for me was, it was just miserable, right? Like do this task, do this file these papers. I was like, I have more to offer to the world than this. So um, that's how we got started. And slowly but surely, right? Everyone knows there's no secret to the success, just hard work day in, day out. Um, And that's how we really got started with the gym, just slowly 
but surely um, growing this thing to where it is today. And I think what's important, I want to point a couple things out is my favorite part about your gym is the community that you've created. So let's talk a little bit about that and kind of the standards that you put in place because I'm telling you guys, you obviously haven't had that opportunity, but Sherman and Christina's gym is like no other, no other I've ever been to the culture, the people, the atmosphere. And let's kind of talk about that and like how important morally it was to, to build these standards for your gym, because what you all have done and created is, is magical in my opinion. One thing really quick, the fact that he's still sitting here and he's alive when he quit his job while his wife was going on maternity leave speaks volume about her. So She's I'm going to say that. She's, She's a saint. And you can tell because, well, you're here and you're alive because we're talking to you. So that's good news. Um, and I mean, it just kind of shows like that team support, which already like, that's just like a, a powerhouse duo. So that's just a good start already. So like, cheers to your wife. That's, She's that's a saint. Name. She really is. You She's always say that. You're like, <laughs> amazing <laughs> yeah no she I mean uh, it's funny that you say that Alicia because my wife I I'm a strong believer in you know every every great man sort of has a woman that's even better behind him right and and I don't think that it has to do with business per se right like, like I could be working in an office and crushing it that way but having that you know sort of that support of your wife like it goes a long way right like just knowing that through the ups and downs she's not gonna up and leave and all of that stuff um so yeah that's made a huge difference but she knew that I was miserable right like she would see me come home right like I would tell her about my days right like she knew I was miserable so you know of course she was afraid because we're sort of polar opposites right like if I'm this hard driving entrepreneur like that's really not her mo but she sort of just goes along but um, I'm a big you know I'm a big dream chaser right so I would tell her, hey, honey, I promise, like, I promise it's going to be worth it, right, when times got hard. And then now to do some of the things we do, go to the places we able to go make the money we make, it's still not perfect, right? Like, we all know that. But she sees, like, man, I'm glad that you did this because if it was up to my wife nine years ago, I would still be working at the University of Florida. Well, and you know, like, that's, that's awesome that you say that, though, because, I mean, that's really actually a powerful thing because, like you said, you guys are polar opposite. You know, maybe she's not that crazy dream chaser, but the thing is, is she had enough respect and trust in you that, yeah. you know what I mean? She followed your lead and just kind of, you know, she wanted to see you happy. That says a lot about her as a woman. Like, I respect that tremendously. That's amazing. Yeah, we're going to have Christina on one day too. I'm, I'm going to get her to do it. She's not, this is not her cup of tea, but we're totally no. going to have her one day too. I'm going to get her. I'm going to get her. <laughs> She's amazing. We're coming for you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I don't even know what question we asked. We got off on the Back table. to the community. Just kind of uh, like the community that you created and the kind of the standards you've set, not only for, you know, the people that go to our gym, but the coaches and kind of how you've, you know, how important that is to you and standards that you keep for our gym. Yeah. No, I, I think that you know, some of the, as far as just sort of the aesthetics of it, right? Some of the, you know, some of the cleaning standards and stuff, when you first walk in, you'll be blown away by how clean this gym is. Uh, that's mainly Christina because that's not my MO. I'm just like, hey, it's a gym. As long as it's not like a snake cave, I'm okay, right? But Christina was like, no, it's good. Like, you're going to be able to eat off the floor in this place. So I'm just like, all right. Um, 
And you can. She's, oh, she's amazing oh, about it. And like, Alisa will tell you, she'll walk in that gym, we're getting ready for class, and she's in the corner, like, wiping stuff down. I'm just like, honey, you don't have to do that. We have cleaning people that do that. Like, we have people for that now. Exactly. Christina, it's she time. Care. <laughs> she does not care. But um, I think a lot of those, you know, a lot of those small things like that, with the way it looks and the way stuff is organized, that's definitely Christina. But also, with the gym starting in our garage, right? And us having much smaller spaces in the beginning, floor space was king, right? So we just can have stuff thrown out everywhere and starting super small, like in my garage and then moving to the other small space. Like it was super important. That was sort of a selling point for us, right? Hey, yes, we're small in this, but the gym is very clean. It's very nice and that type of stuff. So, but I will, I have to give all that credit to Christina because you know, at least I'll walk in. I mean, I don't care. Like, <laughs> yeah, like like they'll get to it tonight, right? Like I'm not worried about that type of stuff. But I'm more big picture, right? Um, if the rig isn't on the floor, I'm not gonna worry about it. But my wife comes in and there's chalk prints on the rig. She's oh, like, no. she's like, hey, um, I need to call someone because there should not be chalk on this rig. So two totally different things. <laughs> but I think it's so important that you pointed that out. It does make a difference. A little things like that, like I look at stuff like that. I'm that person, like Christina's not there. Y'all aren't out of town on vacation. I'm like, oh, someone didn't put that box up right. That's backwards, excuse me. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like just, I'm like, don't worry, I, I got it. I got it while y'all are gone. But the importance is you, you worked with what you had and that yeah. wasn't a lot to begin with. So I think you value even more now what you have and you want to take care of it and you want things to look nice and it does it definitely stands out and it matters to a lot of people so i just think you know the community the family that we've created you all have created at dynasty and that i fell in love with is you know it's it's little things that add up to be a big thing and we we don't have the highest gym membership in all of gainesville but i think we have the most valuable so let's talk a little bit about that too sherman and kind of the value that you put into you know, not having 5,000 members, but having the quality of the membership. Yeah. So, you know, when we were first starting again, I'm going to have to get Christina sort of some credit again, because with me, I was trying to grow a business, right? I was new. So I was just like, Hey, as long as people are coming in, like, that's good. My wife was like, nah, 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 nah. Like they're going to come in, but like, I'm not going to have you training women that are half naked and all this type of stuff. So that's sort of where um, we started off like we're people of faith, right? So there were just certain things, right? Like we're not going to play music that's going to have a ton of swearing in it and all of that stuff. And, um, you know, all of the booty shorts and stuff like that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just not in the gym, right? Like we have our kids, people bring their kids to the gym. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Just not in the gym. I want people to be able to focus on what they need to focus on. So when, like for me, I never really, I've always been tuned into the business side. So for me, at the end of the day, the business is about helping people, of course, but I need to make a living for my family because at one time, this was my sole source of income. So I understood that, hey, um, if I get caught into that trap of trying to have the cheapest membership and have the most people, like that's sort of going to be a recurring thing, right? It's going to be a revolving door because, you know, cheap people, cheap stuff, like it's sort of going to come in, they're going to go out. So we're not the cheapest in town, right? However, the people that believe in our product and they come in sort of like at least um, like now she sees that, okay, like, yes, I probably could go somewhere a little bit cheaper, but it's not going to be the same. I'm not going to get the value. Right. Um, so that's really what we focus on. Not per se, just, oh, I want to have this huge, massive gym where 
I don't know everyone and all of that stuff. And I think that goes back to Christina and I knowing from the beginning, yes, we want to make a living, but we want to have a group of people that we genuinely like, right? Like we enjoy seeing, right? That's why I'm on Lisa's podcast, right? Because I genuinely enjoy having her in the gym. And I remember, again, like the way our gym really grows is, Lisa, she's friend with a girl named Megan. And Megan would tell me, I got to get my friend Lisa here, but she lives, you know, 17 hours away. So she may not join. I'm just like, all right, it's fine. Like if she comes, you're like, you're going to love her. But Megan is a great client, right? So I know if she's really recommending someone, this person she brings in is going to be great. So that's sort of how we've grown the gym, sort of by word of mouth. We have great people bringing in other great people as opposed to, oh, you want to join? Come here for $55. And they're just like, hey, look, this is cheap gym. Come here. Now we got crap of people everywhere. It's a headache and all of that stuff. So definitely um, that makes a big difference in knowing what we wanted from the beginning, not just people. We wanted good people. I love that. I think that there is like lessons to be learned that in that no matter what your industry, you know, from traditional business to like what we do in network marketing, value, like quality over quantity kind of conversation where it's like you want to build those relationships and you want to uh, value the product that you are providing for people and then build your community based around like what you want that to become. So I love, I love all of that. Yeah, no. So here's the thing. I, but like, I use it as an example because I used to, because I also work with plenty of businesses in, in the gym industry and other industries as well. But for me, like, I always want to be extremely happy for my clients, right? And I don't care who you are, what they say. I know for a fact, if I'll just use my gym, that's easy. I have a gym. Elisa comes in and she tells me, oh, like, I really can't afford it. I, I, I would really like to. Can I get it for cheaper? I say, okay, like, I like her. She's a good girl, you know. So, okay, join. Now, Elisa comes in for cheaper. Now, how do I feel when Elisa pulls up in a new truck or I see Elisa on vacation, right? Like, I'm going to be sort of salty, whether I say it or not, like I am, right? And that's something that I see in a lot of industries. People get, you know, like, they give people discounts and stuff. And then they're pissed when they see their people living their best life. Cause they're like, well, she told me that she couldn't pay me, but how could she go on vacation? Me, I'm super pumped when I see Elisa in Fiji on vacation. I'm just like, tell me about it when you come back. Like how, like, how is it? But if I was giving her a discount, like sort of dis- devaluing my product, I couldn't be as happy for it. And maybe that's just me, but I know it's not. Cause I've talked to plenty of other business owners about that same thing. Yeah, it's true. Well, let's dive into a little bit about Lasso and like how you got that started and what that inspiration came from and what that looks like. Because that's something you and I really don't talk a whole lot about because usually if we're at the gym, we're training or talking about vacation or something cool like that. Basketball. Or your basketball skills. Let's not forget about that. I hope you're doing well while I'm not around. Um, (laughs) So um, if y'all don't know, Sherman still plays basketball at his age. So it's it's a... a, At his age. He's like... trying to say at my age at his age christina and i worry about his ankles you know um well you better take those ankles <laughs> wrap so, them ankles up i know tape them because he tried to wear he tries to be cool and wear like those short you know low tops you know we need them high tops for that ankle support sherman <laughs> he plays with the young kids that's what he calls it um So anyhow, let's talk a little bit about Lasso and how that came about and kind of like the next phase, I guess, in your business after Dynasty and you got that up and going. Yeah. So, you know, Dynasty is sort of this ever evolving thing, right? Like it's not a, even though I don't 
coach per se day to day, I'm still actively involved, but I do have more free time now. Um, as opposed to when I used to coach every single class and be at the gym from sun up to sundown. So um, I, um, I was a mentor for another company for a couple of years. And it was just time for me to move on to sort of go to that next level, right? Had, um, I got to learn a new skill on their tab, I like to say, right? Um, but then I was like, all right, it's, it's sort of time to move on. And the, the lasso thing really came about because me and one of my buddies, we saw a huge need in the industry. One, people don't know how to sell, right? And that's sort of my specialty in lasso. I'm teaching people how to sell um, because so often we hear people saying, I don't like sales or I'm not good at it. I don't want to feel slimy, all that. Um, and that's just because people haven't been trained or they don't know what it really takes to sell people because um, everyone's selling something. The issue is most people don't know it. And then that's when they're in trouble, right? So um, we do social media and sales training for these companies that we work with. And uh, we've been, what well, we've been running this. And you know how when you start something, you sort of have a gold standard, like if it did this, that would be phenomenal, you know, but it's probably gonna take a little bit longer. Well, just the way we started off, it exceeded our expectations in every single way. Um, you know, we had a plan in place like, hey, if it does this, that would be phenomenal. Like it was even better than that starting off because we just found the niche where small business owner, medium-sized business owners, they need that help with the marketing, right? Because if you can't tell your story, if people can't relate to you, there's no way they're going to sign up for your product. So um, that's how sort of how it's starting off. And I don't know if you guys have heard of Donald Miller with StoryBrand. Um, we're actually <clears throat> going next week. We'll be coming. We'll be becoming certified guides with that to, again, help businesses really tell their story, regardless of the industry. Right. Like we definitely have a strong foothold in the gym industry now because that's what we know. Um, but now we're transitioning into helping all businesses really tell their story because I look at websites for whoever, doctors, office, all of that stuff, and they're just bad, right? Like they're just bad. Um, so we're gonna get in and sort of change the, the layout of a lot of industries when we are able to, because again, it's all about who you know, right? I know enough people, uh, I'm a talker, I'm an extrovert. So um, I'll be reaching out to a ton of people and, and that's really what we did helping them figure out, hey, you need a, you know, you need to tell a better story, you need a better website. And then they just sign on and then they see, oh, this takes a lot off my plate. This takes my business to the next level. I don't know why I haven't been doing this forever. And that's sort of how it goes. I love that. It sounds like you caught the like entrepreneurial business bug whenever oh, you open your gym, huh? For sure. <laughs> for sure. It's, all trades going on. Up yeah, <laughs> it's contagious. But I love that because stories sell and nobody cares what you where you're at now if they don't know how you got there yeah. how they how you got there and how that relates to them is what they care about in For any sure. industry like you said doctor's offices what do you have to offer what makes you different why should i pick you and if you can't tell people that then what are you really doing you know exactly and, and, and then they're just going to choose based off price right and you don't yeah. want people to choose just based off price right yeah well, listen and that's absolutely yeah. true. And when I was hearing you talk about your gym, I was like, I have a $10 plan fitness membership because that's the only option I have where I live. And I see what's, what walks in and out of there. Yep. No, God bless them. Thank God they're there. Yeah. But <laughs> Go ahead, Elisa. Sorry. No, no, no. Um, well, I think 
like he pointed out, even, so let's take our industry in general, we're all selling the same product, you know, and that's something we deal with with our teams is, you know, we're all selling the same and offering the same product, but what has to make it special is what you're bringing to the table and storytelling across the board. Like you said, it doesn't matter if you're in gym, if you're in health and wellness, if you're in sales, whatever you're at, that doctor, dentist, whatever it is, makeup, if you're not telling your story in some way to connect with people because they see where you are now. We can exactly. all relate to this, right? So here's Sherman and Christina. They have this successful gym. Da, 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 they're all great and amazing, but they don't see the story you took without seeing the story to get there and be like, wow, that was, that was really good or inspiring or whatever. Um, then they miss part of kind of the battle, if you will. For sure. Um, and, and it's so, it's so important. So next I want to jump into, because I think this is so important as to what's going on right now. I feel like finances, this is Sherman's passion. He it loves is. it. He knows the number, like he calls in, like he knows the number by heart, like he knows finances. And let's, so let's talk a little bit about why one is, why is it so important to you and why should it be important to everyone? Like, let's, let's talk. Cause I feel like it's like a taboo. Like everyone wants to act like they got it all together. But in fact, we probably don't. I know when I started making money, I'm like, okay, what do I do with this? You know, I think there's so many people that are in that position that maybe never had money and you start making money. It's like, what do I do? How do I keep it? So let's talk about how you fell in love with the idea and your passion for finances and helping people with that. Yeah. So, you know, sort of my background, I was, uh, I was raised by a single mom, right? So it's sort of that, that typical story, right? Single mom, um, you know, welfare, all that stuff. So growing up, right? Like I tell everyone I had the best childhood, but as I started to get older, I started to realize, man, we really don't get to do certain things. And the only reason I figured that out because everyone where I lived, they were in the same boat as me. But as I started playing basketball, right, I started to get better. I started traveling and I started seeing families. And I'm just like, man, how's, you know, how's their entire family at this tournament? They live three states away and all of that stuff. So um, it really started when I got to college. I started realizing that, one, I had made a big mistake outside of my wife, right? If I didn't go to college, I probably wouldn't have wet my wife. So all that debt I went in with student loans, it was worth it. But I started to realize that, man, like, like, I really don't know a lot about finance and I need to start like learning so I could, cause for me, I always say, you know, I want to create generational wealth. Like not just, now I don't want to have money where, yeah, I'll have a nice house. I have nice cars, all that stuff. But like, I want to leave something for my children's children so that they don't have to start from the bottom like I did. Right. So for me, it just really started off simply reading books. Right. I started reading, started looking on the internet and I started finding stuff. And then like, you know, sort of like you said, Elisa, I started realizing that, man, a lot of people are really cautious about talking about money because, like, I would just ask someone, hey, like, how much money do you make and, like, what are you doing with it? People are like, oh, like, what? Like, now, you can ask me about my sexual preference, but you can't ask me about my finances, right? Like, like so I started realizing, okay, people really aren't talking about this. Um, thank God my best friend, you know, like, he's not like that. He's the sort of the one that really starts giving me insight. And, you know, for me, the thing that really sparked something in me when I started realizing that you know, I'm going to throw out some of these numbers because I, I just can't help it. You know, there's about eight, about 78 percent of people live paycheck to paycheck. And when I figured that out, I was like, OK, so eight out of 10 are living paycheck to paycheck. 
But if you look out, right, like it really doesn't look that way, right? Because people are going on big vacations, they got big homes and big cars and, you know, kids go to all these schools. But then I started realizing that, hey, like most people, yes, they make more money, but then they sort of increase their level of living as they make more money. So, you know, there's a reason, you know, people make, you know, some people that make 600 grand a year, but they spend 700 grand a year. Like that doesn't make any sense, but that's how most people live. So for me, I just started talking about it. And again, this is one of the things with my wife, right? Like if I'll talk about it with anyone, like she really doesn't want to talk about finances, right? It's sort of like, Hey, you, you shouldn't be talking about money all the time. I'm just like, yes, I should be right. Like we need to talk about this. Um, and like, if you see on my face, my personal Facebook page, I'm always sort of posting something, going back and forth with someone about the whole debt and all that stuff. But um, once I really got into it, I took some classes and that type of things. And then from there, it just blossomed, right? It just, that, that fire just sort of grew, that passion just sort of grew to now, you know, that'll be my next thing. I'm going to coach people with their personal finances, mainly entrepreneurs, um, because again, I think it's really easy to make a million dollars. It's very difficult to keep a million dollars though. You know, like that's the thing right there. You know, I, I remember when I first, so when I first started my gym, uh, one of my good friends gave me a check. So what, this is 10, 11 years ago, gave me a check at $10,000 just because he believed in He like, Hey, I believe in you. Like if you can pay me back, if you can't, it doesn't matter. Like I believe in what you're doing. And I remember going home with that check. I had never seen a check at 10,000. I, I, like, I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, like who is this guy? Like he's gave me $10,000. Like he don't even know if I can pay him back. He told me don't worry about it. Um, and now I look back and just like, man, that was a turning point for me, for him being able to bless me with no real intent of ever getting that money back. So um, from there, I just started talking to people about it more. And the more I talk about it, the more I realize people sending me messages and people reaching out, you know, people definitely still to this day, they'll ask you more private questions than they will on the forward facing Facebook group. But I know there's a huge need for that. So, you know, I got into it years ago and it just sort of slowly but surely grown to what it is today. Today is definitely out of control. Yeah. And, you know, like you were saying that, you know, like 78% or whatever, living paycheck to paycheck for people that are living paycheck to paycheck in this time where they're out of work and they don't know where their money is coming from. That is more terrifying than ever, you know? Um, so do you, would you have any thoughts or tips on what somebody can do either during this time and, or coming out of this, you know, what, how do we move forward? Yeah. So let's sort of talk about during this time right now, um, because I think for most part, for the most part, people, you know, people always look at quote unquote successful people and say, well, if I made that kind of money, if I had that kind of lifestyle, I would be fine. But no successful people started off successful, right? It's sort of, um, so I would say that now, you know, let's talk about now you have to figure out how to, it's funny because this morning um, I was doing my budget um, and I was saying like, okay, like what can we cut? Even though we don't need to, I'm just like, we still don't know how long this thing is going to last. So even though I don't need to cut anything, I'm still looking at ways to cut, right? That's one of the things my wife always laughs about, you know, she's always like, well, you know, like we can't do, I'm just like, no, we can't do this right now. She's like, but we have, it doesn't matter what we have. What if this thing lasts for 10 years, right? We got to make sure we can live. So 
Um, I think that they need to look at their budget um, and figure out like what ways can they cut stuff out, right? Um, because, and if they don't make enough money, that's also a thing I hear often. Hey, I, I, I just don't make enough. Well, anyone that's quote unquote successful will tell you, right? Like, well, you need another job, right? Like you need to have a bigger shovel, I like to say, right? There's nothing wrong with two jobs. I have two jobs, soon to have three, right? So working a, you know, working a nine to five, if that doesn't give you enough income, no big deal. Now you got to figure out what is she going to do to make money, right? Um, but specifically, Alex, speaking of right now, people need to figure out ways to cut um, down on their bills and only focus on, you know, sort of main things. Their, you know, their housing, their food, uh, their car, you know, that type of stuff. You can't be, you know, you can't necessarily be going out to eat and all that stuff like you used to. You can't be shopping on Amazon like um, Elisa does all the time because she can do that, right? Like she can do that. But here's the thing, like there's people like they just get caught up in this, you know, I like to say trying to keep up with the Joneses when the Joneses are broke for the most part, right? Eight out of 10, right? The Joneses are broke. Like, yes, they have a big, like they have a big lifestyle, but you know, if that guy loses or that girl loses that job, like they're in trouble 60 days from now, right? So um, I would definitely say big thing now, look at your expenses and try to cut everything out if you don't know what's like when you're going to start getting a paycheck if you aren't getting one. Yeah. And like there's all of us are spending like small amounts of money on little things that we don't have to have. You know, like I was I did this exact same thing. I don't necessarily have to cut back, but I took a look at it and I was getting I'm getting like three or four makeup, hair and beauty subscription. Like, I don't need that. I don't even, why do I even have those <laughs> subscription boxes? Like I've got stacks of makeup to last me the next five years. If the quarantine lasts that long, <laughs> I'm going to be looking fantastic. I don't need any more subscription Why, why are you trying to mess with my Ipsy subscription? I, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying. Why are, you to call, why are you trying to call somebody out, Allie? <laughs> like $10 here, $20 there. $45 every quarter, whatever those boxes are. I just, I just put them all on hold for the exact same reason. I'm like, I don't know. And I don't really need them. And if it was like that or an Amazon order, I'll get rid of the beauty stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta keep that Amazon order. The Amazon stuff. Don't mess up. with me. You gotta keep that. But you know what? Like that actually the, you know, the people trying to keep up with the Joneses, but the Joneses are broke. That's actually a pretty powerful statement. I've never actually it like that or just said like that. That's that's yeah. pretty powerful. No, um, like it no, like it really is. Right. Like like it really is because here's the thing with the you know with the popularity of social media, right? Like I think that's like that's a phenomenal thing, right? It, it, it's like it's phenomenal. However, right, like and Elisa, like she'll tell you and we'll become friends on Facebook. Like I always post, like I always tell people. Like every now and then I'll just reflect, hey, like don't let my post fool you, right? Like don't let the post of me and my wife in Europe for 10 or 11 days fool you, right? Like, yes, we can do this now, but even seven years ago, we couldn't afford to freaking go to Orlando, right? Like for the night, like we just couldn't. So like, like there's levels to this and I want people to understand, take your time, right? Don't get caught up in um, trying to do too much too fast because it really doesn't matter how much money you make. It matters how much money you keep, right? Like that discipline of spending less than you make is something that can change your life, whether you make 
$40,000 a year or $400,000 a year. Like, you know, if you spend less than you make long term, you can be fine. Right. But it's not the case with many. You know, uh, Elisa has, I mean, in all honesty, has probably been one of my closest friends that has ever really talked money. And I learned so much, like just, I mean, it sounds weird, but I learned so much just being her friend and watching her because the same, I grew up pretty poor. Um, I've been out on my own since I was 15, had my first son when I was 14, but like, it's kind of the same thing. Like I never thought like anything was wrong. I always thought my life was just fine. Like, yeah, this is just life or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and so I was never sad. I never, I never grew up sad, grew up broke, yeah. broke my whole life, but I was always happy. Like that's just yeah. kind of my personality. But, um, and so, you know, Elisa's kind of like, you know, so it's kind of went a, a couple different ways, you know, she talks about, you know, well, we need to kind of teach you some respect for money or love or understanding, not that you need to chase it, chase it. But I just like, I just didn't care. Yeah. I'm not a big spender. I'm pretty frugal about stuff just because I'm used to not having anything, but I was actually okay with that. She, so she's like, okay, well, that mindset has to change a little bit because, you you know, um, but just watching her and listening and now listening to you, like, I could see why she has so much respect for you. Like, well, for one, that that woman right there, I'm like, she's a little tight on that money. I'm like, it's a little, but she's so smart money-wise. And like, I think like it's super important because I think a lot of times, you know, like people will look at people that make money and expect, you know, that it just kind of, you know, that they're just throwing it everywhere or it just kind of came out of nowhere. But like, honestly, like, I think that, you know, like she's a very, um, huge been a huge example for me just kind of watching because she not only has you know like done this thing because she's a teen mom too and and has yeah. made this life for herself but she's not just making millions she's for sure stacking millions you know yeah. what i mean like i just that to me speaks volume and i love hearing people talk about it because like you said people don't talk about it enough they and don't. I mean, as far as money wise like she's been my biggest mentor just being a friend and watching and listening because I've never had anyone talk money like that until I've been around her. Well, listen, she's not afraid to be like, we don't need a Louis Vuitton. We can have a Philly Vuitton. It's fine. Philly <laughs> Vuitton like, is totally fine. I'm like, put that shit up. That's $14. <laughs> no, she does. I'm like, oh God. I was like trying to buy us these $40 necklace. She's like, we are not buying these. We are putting it. That's a rip off. I'm yeah. Like, in oh. January, she like, Alicia was going to buy us all one. And Alisa's like, did you look at the price tag? It's like $36. Yeah. I'm like, put that shit there. up. Put that shit up. I'm not wearing that. It's fine. Yeah, she you get it. I'm, I'm like, bitch, I'm buying it for you. And she's like, yeah, we're not wearing that. I'm like, oh. God. But I think it's, I think there's a fine line, Sherman, without even like when we kind of get into the biblical field and things like that, like we realize we've been blessed to be a blessing to others. And it's like, you don't want money to consume you, but I think right. you need to be respectful of money and what you have been blessed with and be a pillar with that. So that's something, I mean, you know, my aunt Kelly Shore, she, you know, that's something she really instilled in me is like, yes, I keep my car spotlessly <laughs> clean because sure. my, the Lord blessed me with this really nice vehicle. And it's important to keep it clean, you know, like to be a sure. pillar of our things of what we do have. So let's talk about kind of respecting money, you know, like, I, I think yeah. it's important to respect money without letting it consume you. Yes, cor correct. And here's the thing. I think that 
often, right? Like if you guys start, you know, like you start talking about money more like I do, like I talk about it all the time. And, you know, people say, well, it's all about the money. No, it's not all about the money, but a couple of things. Like if you don't have money, right? Um, and I'm a boatload of money, right? I'm just talking about like, but if you don't have money, one, you can't take care of yourself. Two, you can't be a blessing to others. So let's talk about kind of the respect for money, Sherman. We talked a little bit about that and, you know, kind of like the fine line between we don't want it to consume you, but we need to be respectful of our money and, you know, kind of how we've been blessed. And I think that's part of budgeting and financing and things like that is respecting money. And um, kind of what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, um, I agree with you. I think that a lot of times people sort of look at it because I know I've been told, you know, that, oh, you know, like it's all about the money, you know, like, no, it's not all about the money. But if it like if it's not a priority, like it's never going to happen. So like for me, I think it always sort of comes back to your why, guys. You know, for me, I know for a fact that I want to leave, leave generational wealth for my children and my children's children, right? So for my kids and my grits, I know I want to leave generational wealth for them. So for me, like, it's only for me only. If that means that I am going to, I'm just taking out stuff, have to drive a crappy car, or I'm not going to do everything that I want to do, right? Like, my life isn't horrible by any means. Like, I'm okay with that. Some people are not, right? And that sort of comes back to that respecting, you know, respecting the money issue for me. I respect the money. I budget. I do all this. I plan because I know that long-term what I want for my namesake, right? Like what I want my legacy to be. So um, I have to do certain things to not just squander all the money away that I make, right? Right. So let's talk, like, say someone is just like a financial disaster. Right now, obviously, we have this going on. But just in general, they're a financial disaster. Where do you suggest you even get started? Like, Sherman, help me. My finances are a wreck. Where do I just, where do I just basically get started? How do I get help? Yeah. So the first thing they do is sit down and write out a budget, right? Write out a zero-based budget. So basically, every dollar that comes in, and every dollar that goes out needs to equal zero, right? And again, that sort of comes back to that um, if you have too many bills left over over at another month, that means you need a bigger shovel, right? You need to make more money, and we can and we can talk about that. So the first thing is sit down and figure out exactly where your money is going, because if you sit down and write out, you know, again, I always like to say, you know, if you really want to see a person's heart, look at their bank account, right? So download your, you know, the last 60 days of your bank statements or whatever, and look at where you're spending money, right? Eating out, makeup, clothing, no offense to you guys, you guys just told me, I'm just using, I'm using categories. In that way, you can see exactly how much you're spending on stuff. Because a lot of times, this is a huge eye opener for people, because they realize, man, I'm making a decent amount of money, I'm just sort of blowing it. And if I don't, and if you don't know where it's going, then you just squander it away. So first thing is, sit down, Look at your budget, right, and write out a zero-based budget. Super simple. All the money that's coming in, then figure out all your bills and all the money that's going out and try to let those equal zero so you don't have, quote-unquote, extra money at the end of the month, right? So whether it goes to bills, savings, wherever. Um, two, now this is a big one for me. Um, I'm definitely the team no-debt life, right? So, um, you know, you're going to try to get out of debt, right? Um, 
all the stuff, all the things you really focus on is that consumer debt. I'm not really talking about your home in the beginning. So outside of your home, you know, or or housing, everything else you need to get rid of. You know, no car, no car debt, no credit card debt. Um, you know, no rent to own. All of that stuff right there, um, because for the most part, um, all that consumer debt is just stuff that you can really go without, right? Not like a home you need somewhere to stay. You know, and now there's even a trend coming up with people saying they're never going to buy a home. They're just going to rent forever, which, you know, that's for another day. But um, I think that getting out of consumer debt, right, most people are in about $40,000 worth of debt. And if they could get rid of those payments, they would have much more money to spend and save um, in their budget. But people are just so used to, you know, like, hey, I'm going to go buy a new car, so I'm going to finance it even though, you know, it's at 0% finance, you know, I'm from the school of, hey, like, if you can't afford it, that means you can't afford it. So you're going to go in, write a check for it, and you're done with it, right? Like, that's what it is. Like, it's over. You own it. Now you can focus on to the next thing. Um, and <clears throat> so that would be number two, right out of budget. Number two, try to get rid of all consumer debt, right? And then the third thing is try to save up an emergency fund for a rainy day, right? Like, you know, like for now, right? Again, we all know, we never know when things are gonna happen, right? Like we never know. Um, all of us are entrepreneurs, so for me, I like to tell people, it's actually safer for me being an entrepreneur than it is for someone that works at a company. Because for me, like if I know that things are gonna get bad, right? Like I can, like, I can not sleep for a week and make sure that I'm making money. As opposed to when you work for a company, Everything may be going perfectly, and one day your boss may come in or whoever may come in and say, hey, we're downsizing or we've been bought out and you're no longer needed, right? So you need to have an emergency fund so that when times like this happen, because even for me, 60 days from now, someone told me that basically the entire U.S. is going to be shut down. I'd be like, man, you're crazy. Like, no, like not the U.S. Um, but, you know, being smart with my money, like I'm not really worried, right? Like I don't want it to last forever. Um, but like, I'm not worried about where my family is going to get their next meal from. I'm not worried about, uh, my house going, you know, into foreclosure and all of that stuff right there. So one, one, two, three, fairly easy steps right out of budget, get out of consumer debt, and then <clears throat> make sure that you try to have an emergency fund for the rainy days, because that's the beauty of the rainy days. You don't know when they're coming, but you know, they're coming. You yeah, just like this. I mean, we were all bamboozled. I mean, this was just like, it just happened. I mean, you know, we're just living our best life. And then it's like, oh, gym closed. I'm like, wait, what? Excuse me? School closed. <laughs> like, jobs closed. I mean, this, we're in history right now. We're making history as we speak. And, you know, Sherman, I, and you and I had this conversation. I don't know. We'll just use gyms practically. But how many gyms are going to come out of this? How many gyms are going to be okay for, you know, one month, two months? You know, it, it, it's scary. Exactly. And, you know, sort of, you know, sort of to go back to what, you know, what we are talking about earlier, you know, most of our people, not all of them, right? Like, of course, things happen, right? Like, most of our people are going to sort of stick with us because the money that they pay to come to the gym is not life-changing, right? Like, they're not like, oh, my gosh, I can't go to the gym. Hey, Sherman, cancel it. Like, I just can't do this, right? Um, also, to sort of speak to your question, a lot of these businesses now, again, I, you know, I'm, we're not going to get into pol politics here, but, 
you know, the government is coming in to help, but I like to say at the end of the day, everyone's sort of looking out for number one for the most part. And yes, they're going to give these loans. Yes, some of, the, some of it will be forgiven, but the government isn't giving out all this money for free, right? So if you're already in debt, they're coming in helping, you know, once things get back going again, all this mortgage forgiveness and all this stuff, well, when things get back to normal in two, three, four months, now you're going to have even bigger bills now. Because remember when we were, quote, unquote, nice to you three months ago? Now it's time to pay the man. Oh, you can't pay us? Okay, now you got late fees. Oh, now you need to start paying back that loan that you took out. It's just a never-ending cycle when you're in debt, right? That's why I try to tell everyone, just steer clear from it. Trust me, it'll be worth it. It'll be easy for you long term. Yeah, I think that's great. That's great, Sherman. Well, I appreciate you. Where can people find you? They want to know more. They want to connect. Where is the best place that people can get in touch with you, find out more about what you're doing, um, point us in the right direction? Yeah, and for local yeah. people that may be in that area and interested in, like, gym stuff, if there's a gym website or something, that they can connect with that as well. Yeah, so, you know, if someone's local, they want to talk to me, they can – call the gym dynasty crossfit google it it'll pop up dynasty crossfit um and then for anything else you know someone wants to help with you know some of their finances uh you know social media and marketing that type of stuff they can email me uh my email is sherman s-h-e-r-m-a-n at lasso framework.com that's l-a-s-s-o f-r-a-m-e-w-o-r-k.com that's sherman at lasso framework.com and, and your uh, Instagram page too, Sherman, because you dropped some really good nuggets on there. Yeah, so they can find me on Instagram. Um, there, so there's a couple. Um, I have my personal page, which is Sherm underscore five, so it's S H E R M underscore five. Or if they want to know more about finances, they can find me online at No Debt Life, so it's No underscore Debt underscore Life. So No Debt Life. Um, again, just trying to get people avenues to come on and talk about it um and that's the reason for me you know uh when i created sort of my finance instagram page um, i didn't put a name on it but i think sort of having a business that you're talking to makes it a little bit easier for people to reach out and help because at the end of the day i just want to help people because it you know um i think as I sh i'm sure you guys do as well like there's enough success to go around for everyone and i just want to help people be over successful yeah, I love the nuggets that you drop on the Instagram page. It's I highly, highly recommend that. He dropped some really good stuff. And really quickly, before we close up, because traditionally me, Alicia, and Allie all do a side hustle as our main hustle, you've done a lot of talk about side hustle and kind of getting involved in something like that, especially at a time like now. So what are your thoughts? Because you're, you don't have a side hustle. You're not with the network marketing. You know what I mean? You understand it and you believe in that. So let's talk about kind of the importance of people finding a side hustle right now and and why now yeah so again we have so like now is a time that we get to really like slow down right right like we get to slow down like never before and so many people have always said oh i want to do this i just don't have time now you basically have four six eight weeks hone in on that side hustle right because again having one stream of income is cool having two is better having three is phenomenal and then it just keep going up right because at the end of the day if one is cut off and you still have one or two more it's not the end of the world right um and again i think having a big shovel um when you're talking about your income 
the more, you know, sort of the more hustles you have, um, the more money you can make. However, I, I will say, you know, you need to make sure that your main hustle is really, really good before you start jumping into hot side hustle, right? You don't want to have a crappy main hustle, and then you're trying to open up even crappier side hustles, though, for sure. But everyone needs multiple hustles because, like um, all of you guys know, it is hard work to be successful. It's hard work to get to your dreams. And, you know, for most people, that doesn't happen with just, doing one thing, right? I mean, you think about professional athletes, right? Like most of those guys are, yes, they're playing a sport. They make a ton of money from that, but then a lot of them get involved in investing or they get involved doing endorsements and all of that stuff because the multiple streams of income or really help you build that generational wealth that I like to talk about. Yeah, I think it's so important. Like I said, right now, we're all sitting home right now, you guys, but everyone's like, oh, I don't have time. I can't do that. Now is the freaking time to do that. For sure. For and getting sure. involved now, in, you know, personal development and things like that, you're sitting home. So just freaking do it. I mean, what else do you have to do? You don't have to reorganize your pantry for the 20th time. Like, read the freaking book. Man, I, I mean, and, and I know we haven't talked about that, but you know I'm an avid I know, um, yes. Like, I think that's been a game changer. Like, that's been a game changer for me over the last 10 years. Probably read uh, three to four books per month. And, you know, some people say, well, you're not going to retain everything. You're not going to retain every single thing. You're going to read some crappy books. You're going to read some great books. But the knowledge that you learn and then you apply in your life without even knowing it over the course of years, it just takes you to the next level because if I'm being honest, you know, no one's reading, right? Like no one's reading. Um, so if you're looking to really go to the next level, start reading books that are going to help you, right? Like not, you know, not all fiction crap that doesn't help, but like books that are going to help you become a better business person, a better network marketer, a, a better entrepreneur, better with your finances. You start getting into that, and then things just start to sort of fall in place for you, or at least that's what I've seen over the years. Yeah, and it's a great way to start. And you can always yeah. reread a book. <laughs> if you don't retain it, you can always reread it. Always. Oh, and, and honestly, like for people that just refuse to read or it's hard for them to read or whatever, you can get anything pretty much audible. So, I mean, you can listen to it. You can put on your headphones. You know, if your hands are too busy, put on your headphones and listen. I mean, there's, there's ways. So true. Well, thank you, Sherman, so much for your time. We'll definitely have you back. We're going to get Christina on too because I think she's just, she's such a gem. Um, in herself and kind of what it looks like from her point of view. So we appreciate it. We thank you for being on. We look forward to having you again. I think this was a great start. Um, and, and just thanks so much for all that you do for everyone. We appreciate it. All right. It was great meeting you guys and I'm pretty sure we'll be chatting again. Thanks for joining us this week on A3 Life. Make sure to join us on Facebook and Instagram at A, the number three life, Inc. And check out our online shop at A, the number three life dot biz.